You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. Today's conversation is all about, you guessed it, probably saw it in the title, all about dating. We are busting some myths and getting over some lies that the world has thrown at us with our friend Safa Gray. Safa is married to Tavares Gray, and together they have an incredible platform called Godly Dating 101, where they share lots of truths and tips and practical advice on how to move forward in your singleness, your waiting, your dating season, whatever it looks like looks like for you right now. And today's conversation is filled with truth. So if you are someone who is dealing with guilt and shame with how you dated in the past and you just want to do it well moving forward, or maybe you're someone who is just wanting to figure out more about dating or what's the point of some of the things that Christian culture throws at the dating culture and how do you get over some of the hurdles and the obstacles that come with dating in today's world and society because it can get messy and we agree and we are on your team ready to encourage you today. If you haven't already, go back and listen to our episode with Kate Warman. She is an incredible dating coach online and she shares some awesome tips for actually how to date, like meeting people, how to show up for your first date, how to pump yourself up. How do you know if they're not the one? Like lots of good little practical nuggets. So between that and this episode put together, we have some incredible dating content I am so excited to share with you. Safa, welcome to Behind the Bliss Podcast. You're missing your counterpart. I know. It definitely feels different. <laughs> but hey, I'm pulling it down for the team. So that's right. Thanks that's for right. having me. I'm so glad you're here. I love you and Tavares and just the story and your platform, like all the fun things going on. Um, and we kind of got to chat before we recorded, but we're kind of in similar mom seasons right you have a 14 month old i got the 18 month old we're digging our heels Mm -hmm. we're just doing it right right yeah throwing the podcast hat on at nap time throwing it back Mm -hmm. off yeah that's behind the bliss over here that's at least what we're up to right right hey you gotta do what you gotta do so (laughs) that's right that's right and you said tavares is taking your son to the barber shop yeah it's been a busy day so he's kind of been running around Mm -hmm. yeah there's no such thing as balance, people, if you're listening. No, not just, at all. Balance is a myth. No. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a myth. It's a fairy tale. It doesn't actually happen. Right. Um, right. If one thing is going well, you then like something else has fallen off the platter. That's exactly. kind of what I say. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about you and all the things that you've got going on besides motherhood, because there's so much more to you than that. Well, um, as you guys know, my name is Safa, and I'm so happy to be here. So thanks for the opportunity. Um, I grew well, I was born in Jamaica. I was raised in uh, Miami, South Florida area. I was raised in the church. So I was basically born there, raised there. Um, and that is where I met Tavares. Our churches were, uh, they always visited each other. We always had conferences, and his church would come by, and vice versa. Uh, so we were friends since about 2010 and uh, we remain friends even through just life you know um i mm-hmm. went off after high school i left so i went to college i went to a college in tampa florida so i moved about four hours away where i studied biomedical science to become a doctor 
That was the original plan, <laughs> but God had other plans. <laughs> I decided to give school a break for a while to kind of figure out what God, what it, what exactly does he want from me? Is this what I want or is this what he wants? You know, so mm-hmm. I gave that a break and um, Tavares and I, we kept up as friends. He left, he went out to the military, but we remained friends and we decided to give a relationship a shot. We prayed about it. We sought godly counsel from, uh, we had a lot of uh, mutual friends and I knew a lot of the people and mothers from his church who I, I relied on for kind of guidance and uh, we gave it a shot and never looked back. And it's been almost six years since we've been married. I did move away after school um, because he was military. So I got married right after I graduated college in 2016 and um, he was active duty Navy. So I moved to Virginia where I lived and we decided to start a family. So I have a four-year-old son. He's now four. And a one-year-old baby girl named Gianna and, and Zion. Zion is my son. So we moved back to Florida since, out of the military now as of 2019, and just trying to find our footing in civilian life. So uh, it's been interesting. Um, just, you know, the platform Godly Dating has uh, provided a lot of opportunity for us just to get to meet different people and to minister, to really serve serve other people and uh, minister God's word through the platform. And so we're just grateful for the yeah. opportunity and um, and just happy to see where God leads us from here. Safa, I don't know if you know this, but, and I didn't know all of that about y'all's story. We have almost identically like parallel stories with like dating, really? m- like met each other early in church, mm-hmm. knew each other's families. Or like knew about each other, we're just great friends, whatever. Really? Down to like the details of military and like moving. And now oh, I'm wow. like we're kind of you guys are military as well. Too. Yeah, Air oh. Force. And you guys are Navy, right? Air Force, yes, yes. We yes. are, we are. That is so cool. We relate on so many yeah. different levels. I know. As you're talking, as you're speaking, I was like, goosebumps. I was like, but I think we're soul sisters. We were right. separated. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> That's right. Meant to be. That's so yeah, cool. just grateful. Like the podcast world brings you so many friendships that you're like, would never mm-hmm. have met you had you not written your yeah. book. And like Absolutely. your agent spoken Absolutely. to our team. Mm-hmm. But we love yeah, the world these days. Cool. This is really cool. Yep. So, okay. Tell us <laughs> if people know about you and then they know that you have an awesome platform called Godly Dating 101. And I want you to kind of speak to that because chances are people clicked on play on this episode because they saw the word dating and they're like, yes, I need some input. Like I need some wisdom, some counsel, godly advice, whatever it is for them. Um, I want you to speak to like how that even happened, how y'all decided to throw that together, what it is today. If people haven't checked it out that way, they kind of have another resource in their back pocket. Right, right. Absolutely. But godly dating was started actually long before Tavares and I were even a thing. Um, Tavares started Godly Dating back in 2012 and he was a single guy. It was not named Godly Dating at first. It was called uh, Anointed Misfits. It was a page that he created with his brother and uh, who was also military and they just created the page to, you know, talk about godly topics and they realized certain things stirred the pot, the pot and, you know, gravitated more convert or drawn more con- conversation to the page and especially when they talked about dating so it yeah. then became you know Tavares realized where it was going and and his brother as well and they decided to rename the page godly dating 101 and so that that started and took off um about 10 years ago and uh it just you know when you when when people 
on social media, especially when they hear about relationships and they see things about relationships, they gravitate towards it, especially if they are young singles, Christian singles, because unfortunately it isn't a, it's not a topic that is talked about in church quite often. Um, mm-hmm. especially in, even when I was growing up, it wasn't something that was talked about all. I, I was told just don't have sex. And I just knew not to date until I graduated, uh, <laughs> graduated high school and college. So <laughs> that was it. I didn't know the reason behind a lot of the things that we were told. I was just told not to, not to do it because doing it was a sin. And that was all I was told. So, you know, Tavares started this page and it really took off. And I think it was really not a Tavares thing, but it was a God thing. God knows what this generation needs. He knows that this is something that isn't talked about, unfortunately, with a lot of young people in churches. And if the church isn't talking about it, then the world is. And if the world is talking about it, then then the young people in the church, they're learning these these concepts and the way to go about relationships from worldly uh, and cultural uh, practices. And um, just we just want to change the dynamic of of uh, the the talk about relationship. We don't want it to be such a taboo thing, especially among Christian singles um, or, you know, even people that are married, because I think we should always strive to have godly relationships, whether you're single or whether you're married. So Godly Dating kind of became that platform that, um, you know, uh, push, push the buttons and push the limits as far as talking about relationships and answering those questions that people, um, you know, have questions about and, and seeking God and seeking uh, bi- biblical, uh, values and standards as far as what does God say about relationships, you know, whether it's dating, whether mm-hmm. it's, um, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, a family relationship or a friendship, things like that. So godly dating became something beautiful. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then now you've birthed this beautiful book, Godly Dating 101, yeah. discovering yes. the truth about relationships in a world that constantly mm-hmm. lies. So imagine this being like all your good tidbits of wisdom about really hot, spicy dating topics that everyone is curious about and right. very few people are chatting about, which is why mm-hmm. I'm so glad to have people like you on the show that can just help me bust these myths. Because, yeah, I mean, there are so many lies out there and you're right like if the church isn't talking about it the world is and if Mm -hmm. people are curious they're gonna like unfortunately most of the resources out there are worldly so that's what they're gonna learn and believe and follow so here we are let's bust some myths shall we absolutely (laughs) (laughs) love it okay you I love the way that the book is written, too. It's very topical. Like each chapter has its own thing it addresses, which is so helpful for me because I'm I'm very compartmentalized kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where was this book back in 2012 for me? I'm like, I right. know. So <laughs> yeah. I so I'm glad you wrote it for the people like us girls. We needed that. Mm-hmm. OK. Busting some myths. Mm-hmm. OK. One of them that I feel like is the most popular Well, I guess not most popular, but I guess one of the ones that people are most curious about, because I think that this is what stumps this idea of commitment, is how do I know if who I'm with is like actually my person? Because they might be a great, incredible person, but they might not be my person. Or they might be right. a great guy, but maybe it's not the right time. And the right guy at the wrong time is the wrong guy. So I just feel right. like there's the decision making is so paralyzing for a lot of oh, my yeah. friends in the dating scene. And you have a great chapter about this, which is all about are they godsend or are they counterfeit? And so what are some practical ways people can kind of like run through and figure out, okay, is he legit or is this a show? Are there red flags? Should we have a conversation? Right. All that. Right. I I think that, and I, I know there are some relationships that work out when 
you know, the two people dating are, um, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's a short term dating relationship and they might get married quick out of, you know, getting to know each other. But I, I definitely think that building a foundation of friendship in your relationships, because I think that should be the foundation of it because, you know, when everything else fails, you still have your friendship and, and that is a way to build a great relationship. You want to be able to mm-hmm. be friends with this person. You want to like them 15 years after you yeah. get married. You want to enjoy their company. <laughs> um, so I think that's important. Because you can you love someone a- without liking them and you can like Absolutely. someone without loving them. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I agree 100%. And I feel as though a lot of times um, we want to rush into things. We want, you know, we, we, we see the fairy tale Disney movies with the, the princess and her prince charming comes to rescue her, but they don't. And, and, you know, these people just meet in the movie. They just meet and they, they fall in love. And that's not real life. Unfortunately, that's not. I think building a foundation of friendship and in that friendship, allowing yourself to spend time with this, these, this person to see how they react to certain situations. Do they pray on their own? Do they initiate conversations about God? If you want a godly spouse, that's something that's important. If, you, if you're a female, if you're a girl and you, you, you want a, a godly man to lead your home, that's something you got to look out for. If you're always the one initiating God and godly conversations, you, that's a, that's to me is a red flag. That's a red um, flag. Because, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So even that you're looking for those, you know, how do they treat the people around them? How do they treat family members? How do they treat friends? How do they treat these people or even yourself when they're angry? But what do they look like when, so the, all of that uh, is, um, just things to look out for as you're building a, uh, a, a, steady foundation of a friendship with this person and just allowing yourself to time to get to know each other on that level. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I've heard this before. I thought it was funny. I'm not going to say it right. I never do. I always mess it up. But like if you squeeze an orange, what should come out? Orange juice. If you like Mm -hmm. squeeze a banana, what should come out? Not banana juice, no such thing, but like banana, right? Should come out of the peel. And if you put somebody in a tricky situation or frustrating environment or they're overstimulated what you squeeze will come out like they will show their true colors and that is that's the best way to figure out (laughs) are they they practice what they preach walking the walk or just talking the talk and so yeah i love that like being their friend and being interested in their life and not just trying to create a life with each other because then you're able to see their friends who they spend time with absolutely absolutely so good Mm-hmm. And just, and, and I think another thing is just, you know, um, seeing that they have a life outside of you as well. I think a lot of times we mm-hmm. get into these relationships and we get wrapped up in each other. We forget all about our friends, but that's not healthy. Um, and you don't want to become this person's everything, especially if you're, you know, you shouldn't be even in a, in a marriage, but in, in a dating realm as well, because God forbid that person is gone. Your whole world kind of falls apart. My mom always told me to to marry someone who loves God more than he loves you. And you'll never have to worry. He's always going to seek to please God. So even if that, and especially that means taking care of you, loving his bride as, as Christ loves the church. So I, I think that is very important to just look for in a spouse and give it time, give it time. That's so good. I will say that I feel like, and you probably would agree, that my husband Thomas and I have the healthiest marriage when we're both seeking Christ. Obviously, that sounds so cliche. And it's not necessarily, it. I mean, it is a gift of God to be like, thank you. Like, this is the fruit that comes from the obedience to spending time with me. But also, it's a, okay, if I desired to get to know God, then and God created my spouse and knows him best. Then when I spend right. time with God, therefore he's downloading things to me that I can then 
know Thomas in a way that I didn't know before without having to spend time with Thomas. And so, um, I don't know. It's like, it's a little shortcut. (laughs) It's a playbook to your person. Um, so yeah, but before marriage, when you're in this dating situation, heck yeah, it's important. They're spending time with God or else they won't actually know you like you're Mm -hmm. intended to be known. Right, right. I, I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just went off on a tangent, but I'm like, you're fine. that's one of my things. For my girls that are dating right now, I feel like that's our conversations majority, like majority of the time. She, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, how do I, like, how do I, like, what's the importance of there being the faith conversation? Like, he's almost there, but not quite. And I'm like, girl, it matters. Hold out for that guy because it matters. It really does. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, a lot of times we fall in love with potential. I think that's the, that's the hard, that's one thing not to play with the potential of someone being a godly man. That's the one thing that's a non-negotiable on that list. It should be a standard and not a preference. Um, So because that was one of our standards, um, we definitely should strive to seek out uh, spouses or um, friendships that are godly from the start and not because they're almost godly or they're kind of godly or they're almost there because when you get married to them, there's no guarantee that, you know, that will, that will be a thing. You know, you, you don't know where life will lead them or where, what they will become if, if they're going to be more godly mm-hmm. than that, or if they, you know, if they're going to lose that, they have to have a relationship with God. They have to know God for themselves uh, aside from their relationship with you. Which brings up a great point that I feel like you guys talk about in the book, which is marriage is not the end goal. Like this is not a destination, get a ring on your finger, which I think if you are in the dating scene or you've been there for a long time, that's like your desperate desire. You're like, I've got to get this ring. Like I've got, we've got to get there. And yeah, of course, like I love that desire for you. That's not a bad desire, but it's also like I was talking about, not the destination. Um, And when you have that, idea that I just need to like figure out who my spouse is. There's so much more down the road, like children, like grief, tragedy, Absolutely. things that this world's going to bring us. If, if that person is the person you're with now going to be the person you walk through those things with, not just the mm-hmm. fun date nights, not just the fun dating. Cause I'll be the first to admit we have had seasons where we haven't dated well, you know, mm-hmm. but he's my person and I have right. to show up and be more than a roommate. Um, so yeah, that's what dating's I, for. Just figure it yeah, out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, it's, it's not the destination. There's so much after that. And at the, at the end of the day, we want to make sure the, the, the reason for this book is to point everybody, point us back to God, right? Um, at the end of the day, God is the destination. He is the true destination. Marriage is to glorify him. Marriage is to, um, you know, basically show his love for the just like god loves the church is how a man should love his wife that's how he should you know just as christ loves the church and everything we do everything we are even as a married spouse or a married couple is to glorify god and people should see that people should see god in in everything we do as a married couple in our family in the way we talk to each other in the way that we you know, even minister in the way that we treat our family members and our children in the way that we raise our family. So um, marriage is definitely not the end goal. So much that comes after it as then. I think another reason why people look at marriage as the end goal is because that's how it's portrayed in culture. That's right. That is how it is portrayed. You know, the movies you watch, the 
the things you see on the big screen, that's what it looks like. And it's, it's so much so that the wedding becomes the biggest thing. They, they make these extravagant and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing with having such beautiful weddings, but then they don't focus on the marriage more. So they just focus on the wedding day. Like this, this is it. I have arrived when there's so much more to that. So I agree with you. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that too, where it's like, they finally get married and then they roll credits. And you're like, wait, yeah, that's, it. that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Anyone on the other side is like, they're lying. Don't trust right. them. Right. They might not actually mm-hmm. be happy. Who knows? Um, exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad y'all are talking about it. Um, okay. One of the things that I want to address as well, which I think is really cool, kind of coming from this idea of what the world portrays, um, is that relationships can be romantic without being like sexually intimate and dating. I just want to like put that out there. Like you can figure out, am I attracted to somebody? Do I desire that? Like, are we compatible in this area without testing it out? Mm -hmm. And that is one of the lies I feel like the world throws at us. And then we also have that like, I don't know how it was in Jamaica, but I feel like when I was getting, when I was growing up and like everyone was talking about dating, yes, everyone was like, don't have sex. And then mm-hmm. didn't give me much other information. But the American evangelical culture when I was growing up was so like purity culture driven that almost the the way God created, I'm trying to say this correctly, the way God created sex was also neglected. And so then everyone got married in my generation and we're all like, uh, and there's crickets because we're like, wait, panic because we've all been told not to do something and modesty and purity ring and all the things that now we're like, uh, got to like rewire some things in our brains. So how do we like carry that balance of knowing, oh, I can't wait because it's so beautiful and God created this for me and it's for me one day. And also it's not for me right now because that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I fall in the same category. Um, you know, just trying trying to flip a switch when you get married and you're supposed to think, Hey, this is, this is, this is a good thing. You know, we, we can have, sex. <laughs> this is, this is what God intended it to be. I, I think, I think just culture and, um, sometimes even the church plays such an emphasis on getting married when you're getting married, you know, you hit a certain age and everybody's like, mm-hmm. um, where's the ring? Are you talking to anybody? Are you dating? And there's so many questions behind that. And so I feel as though, um, it's almost that almost as if singleness is not appreciated for what it is. Um, so just kind of live in the moment and, and learn that you don't have to be married for your life to start then. Uh, you know, you can, you can be in ministry, you can be effective for God, even in your, especially in your singleness, because you don't have, you know, the, the, the kids running behind you, all these, all these things are a blessing, but they also take away from your time from God. So your, your time is limited. Your time is, you have to really work hard to find that time to spend with God as a married person with children and other responsibilities. And so I think in, in, in this day and age, we just need to focus on, learning how to um, appreciate being single and just living in that, just, you know, spending time with God in that and just learning to exist and knowing that until my time comes and until God, if God chooses to give you a spouse that you you're right for right now, you're okay with that. And you're just going to serve him and um, live to please him. Um, It's, and it's important. It's important to just defy those things as, like you said, being raised 
being raised up in the church, a lot of those things were just don't have sex, don't do this, don't do that. And just kind of explaining God's heart behind the why, why it's important to wait. Why is it important to wait till marriage and not have sex till marriage? Because it's not just him saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't. He's not just trying to restrict us from things. There's a reason for that. And until we understand his heart behind that and what the reason is, then we'll appreciate it and we'll say, okay, I can do this. I can because I love right. God so much because I love his heart for me and and I know he's looking out for me and I know he wants the best for me. I will wait. It is possible to wait until I'm married, because that is how God intended it to be. And it'll be even that more special at that point. Yeah. Uh, They said something at church this past week. You just reminded me of it that I thought was so good that as parents, like, what are the things that keep our kids alive? Is it the yeses that we give them or is it the noes we give them? It's typically going to be the noes. Like, no, you cannot eat eat that poison. Like, no, you cannot cross the street. There's a car coming. Like, you know, all these things, they can't see it outside their perspective or in their little minds. Like, it's hard to conceive it. And so some of these quote unquote rules that God has given us have been truly like for our protection and for our thriving. Like, he's like, I Mm -hmm. I want that freedom for you. So it seems right. counterintuitive, but in order to have the freedom, you have to not do the thing right. for right now. It's actually grace God's giving us to give us freedom by keeping things from us until it's in their due time that they are for right. us or else yeah. it might be abused or we might misunderstand it or never actually enjoy the fulfillment of what it was supposed to be. Right, right. We add so much baggage to ourselves, just putting ourselves in that. You know, I I, I look at God as a parent sometimes because like you said, you know, what are the things that, you know, keep us and keep us alive? It's, you know, usually the things that we tell our kids, no, 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 no. You know, you can't eat this. No, you can't. And that's, that's what God does. And it's, it's always for a reason, you know, just as though mm-hmm. we tell our children the same thing. And um, you just have to trust that he has your best interest at heart. You, he's going to try to protect you just like you protect your kids. And then I think of my parents and how when I was younger and they would say no to certain things, like my mom wouldn't let me hang out with or wouldn't sleep over friends' houses. They had to come to my house. My mom was never, she was never going to have that. Um, <laughs> as an adult, seeing the things that go on in the world and the yeah. repercussion of those things, I now understand stepping out of, you know, being an older person looking back man, I understand why she said no. I understand why. And I, and I genuinely appreciate her for that. And the same is with our relationship with Christ. Uh, He tells us, no, he tells us we shouldn't do this until then. And, and all of that, and all of that. And it's, it's a lot of times some, some of us don't realize it until we've actually pushed the button on God saying no. And we, we go beyond that. We do the very thing he said no to. And then we get ourselves in a situation where now we we have all this hurt. We have all this damage that we've caused to ourselves. And then we see this is why he had said no. And, um, you know, it should never come to that point or we shouldn't. I mean, people are going to do their people are going to read this book and, uh, you know, all the things. Of course, we want to point them back to God. But all the things that we try to defy as far as culture says that we should have sex before marriage culture says that we should test drive the car before you actually buy it. Uh, they're still going to do mm-hmm. it, you know, but it, the we, we want it to be that. You don't have to go through that. You shouldn't have to put yourself through that to, to understand why it was why it was a, a the reason for for God saying no at the time. You can just avoid all of that, you know, and just you know. And I and I know not everybody will do that, but by just staying in His Word and and you know living His truths and and just abiding by His the the Word of God. And I think that the only way we can do that if we understand the reason behind that no, because there are so many things that God does tell us that we can do. He's not just a no, 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 God. 
I mean, he, he does allow mm-hmm. us to do things. And um, a lot of times we focus on a lot, on a lot of the no's and it makes it seem difficult. It makes it seem difficult for us to abide by his standards, but there are a lot of things that he does tell us we can do. And, and I think that is key in being a single person and trying to abstain from uh, sexual sin and just, um, just being pure, not just physically, but in your mind as well. That's right. Also to the friends that are listening that are like, oh, but I like so desire that or they're like really sexually driven. I'd say like that's a beautiful thing and it is for someone one day. It's not something that you should like shame yourself for feeling or whatever. That's it's like, congratulations, the chemicals in your body are working great. Right, absolutely. Um, but, but it's also a yeah, and it's right time. So just want people to hear like it's a beautiful thing that that's what you desire and that's, that's okay. what you crave. It means that the way you're created is working well, <laughs> um, that your hormones are thriving and we are young and flirty. But um, the carrying through, I also would say if that's something that you struggle with is like negotiating inside your mind and in your heart being like it's not that big of a deal or whatever, like justifying sin. I'd say like what is a piece of your heart that you feel like you're trying to fulfill with that? temptation like what is it that you feel like is maybe missing that you feel Mm. like that might help you feel and go from there rather than it being a black and white do don't because in the moments you're trying to justify and negotiate with yourself you'll have a little bit more of like a reason to argue for for what god wants you for what god wants for you so um yeah I love that. You got to go a little deeper always, you know, like it's not always about Mm -hmm. the sin. It's about the why behind it. Right. So good. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I want to talk to the, maybe the girl is listening. It's like, wow, I love this idea. I want to date like that. That's not how I've always dated. Is there something wrong with me? Or even is it possible for me to date correctly after I've messed up so many times? So the girl may be like dealing with some shame or, guilt from the ways that she's done it in the past what's a good way to fresh start it like we need a reset button for her can you encourage her well first of all i'd say to her there's absolutely nothing wrong with you nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. you at all and you can do this you can press the reset button god gives us second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and you he will give you the chances that you need to get this right um you know don't be so hard on yourself and um, you're not alone in this. I feel as though it's important to have, you know, other singles around you or other people that are going towards the same goal and trying to live for God and trying to stay pure and trying to, um, you know, wait till marriage and things like that um, around you because that brings accountability. Um, so if you can right. find a circle of friends that will push you and be like, girl, you got this. Or guy, you got mm-hmm. this, you know, someone that can be in your corner, someone that you can genuinely trust to say, man, I messed up and I need some help or somebody that you can just talk to that can kind of guide you on the right track. Um, I, I say, um, go back to the basics, focusing on, on your relationship with Christ. And um, also in, in, in the, the meantime, put making yourself available, making yourself in a position where you are approachable if you're a, a woman or, um, you know, if you're, if you're a guy, go out there and meet some people um, so that you can put mm-hmm. yourself in a position to meet new people. And eventually those friendships might blossom into, you know, something else. So just giving yourself that, that, um, 
that chance to start over and not to be so down on yourself and give yourself grace and understand that all things in God's timing, uh, you don't have to rush yourself, even though society's trying to rush you and say, you need to have this by this age and you need to do this by this age and you need to be married. You need to have this. It's, it's, <laughs> it's in God's timing. It's right? bogus. So that's mm-hmm. right. It's all bogus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't believe them. <laughs> um, I know some of the happiest people that, are married and got married like in their 50s and I know some of the happiest people that got married straight out of high school when everyone called them crazy so like everyone's Mm -hmm. got a different story different timeline trajectory there's no standard and that's what I think is so beautiful and if we try to mix up the story God's like can you keep your hands off of this like I promise you like you can't change my mind I like let him drive I have let him drive the car I love that Mm -hmm. yeah oh so good so good. I uh, would love for you to tell our friends that are listening where they can find Godly Dating 101, the book, the platform, all the things so that if they want a little bit more of this as a resource, they can dive on in there. Yeah. So you can go to godlydating101book.com. Uh, it's also available on Amazon. You can go to our uh, social media pages. We have Godly Dating 101 on Instagram. The link is also in our bio there. Um, go to Godly Dating 101 on Facebook. You'll find it there as well. Uh, we are also on Twitter. Uh, we're also on the podcast. So we have a few different outlets. Um, but the book mainly Godly Dating 101 book.com and Amazon. Love it. Such good resource. I can, I'm like, I highly recommend. I have it right here. It's such a fun (laughs) cover, too. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like the girl that goes to the bookstore. This is so bad. I hate to admit this, but I am a judge of the cover. Ah. (laughs) I am the judger of the cover. You and I both. I like your cover. (laughs) Thank you. I'm like, I'm sure that's a great book, but that cover needs some work. Like, that graphic (laughs) designer didn't get that one right. Anyways, I love y'all's. It's really super fun. And then what's inside, of course, is extra special, too. And just want to be able to share this with all of our friends that are just learning to grow and get Mm -hmm. to know this. But I'd also say, like, great book for even if dating isn't your season at the moment, whether you are vowed to a singleness season and you want to prep or if you're married like there's there's so much goodness in this book too that caused good conversation Absolutely. Um, so yeah just wanted to say that out there don't don't count yourself out as a reader you can do this mm-hmm. my favorite question to ask and i want to end with this because this is always really fun it doesn't have to be spiritual too i just want to give that you that permission <laughs> but what is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening today product book song that is a good question. If I could say something that I'm loving this these days, you said it doesn't have to be spiritual. No, it can. If it is, go for it. But if it's like jeans or whatever, you can share that too. <laughs> I was gonna say sleep, sleep because yeah. I have two little kids <laughs> and my daughter. She, you know, she's just getting to like sleeping back through the night after sleep progression. So. Um, you know, the, you know, you, you always grow up and you can't wait to be a mom. You can't wait to be a wife and all that stuff. But you don't think that, hey, my sleep is going to be completely gone at some point. So she's right. one now and she's getting back around. So like, you know, getting she sleeps in her own room. But I, I usually have to get up and go to her room. And now she's sleeping through the night again, for the most part. Probably Congrats, that one, so. mom. <laughs> right. Right. So that's I'm just huge. enjoying sleep. I'm just enjoying a season of sleep. So that's why I tell people, don't rush things. Because yeah, <laughs> every season has its its um you know its ups and downs. So 
Sleep is oh, that's my right. right now. I'm like, every season I've learned about motherhood or even just in life, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a pros and there are cons and the grass yeah. can always be greener, but right. where mm-hmm. you are now is where you're supposed to be. And yeah. I'm so glad you're getting sleep back. Gosh, that's the best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'm like, you. wow. When you get like four hour stretches in that beginning stage in that first year, you're like, I'm a new person. I can think I so mean. clearly right now, oh, <laughs> but if you had given me four hours before, I would have been like, I'm going, I'm going nuts. I'm mm-hmm. losing it. That's you know? <laughs> perspective. For sure. mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I am so thankful to have you and so grateful that you and Tavares just linked arms and wrote something like this for our friends and that there's just so much wisdom to share and that you guys are joining the conversation. But from a godly perspective, just want to honor you for that because we need it. We're so grateful for it. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Well, thank you for having me. It was totally a pleasure. It was, it was awesome. Thank you. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.